Well, hey there. Welcome to this episode of Uncommon Conversations, where we talk to community leaders about how they build and support their communities to deepen relationships, build better products, and drive business impact. I'm Rebecca, the head of Common Room's Uncommon Community, and I'm super glad you're here. Learn more about the Uncommon Community at commonroom.io slash uncommon, or accept this cordial invitation to join me and more than 1,000 other community builders in the Uncommon Community Slack. And if you're looking for the best way to help activate and grow your community, get started with Common Room for free today at commonroom.io. I'll see you on the other side. Hey, Shahid, thanks for being here as one of Uncommon's founding community members. I'm Rebecca, as you know, the head of content and community at Common Room, and I'm super excited to introduce you to people who are interested in building communities everywhere um, as one of our featured community experts um, who brings a totally different perspective um, to the idea around building community, certainly from like a leadership and founders point of view. Um, so you're a co-founder at Loom, um, which builds me- video messaging software to enable more effective and I would say more human communication um, and async communication, which is really cool across teams and organizations and customers. Um, and to me, it's really the beauty of workplace communication without the stress of workplace communication. So thank you for what you do at Loom. Thank you. And with that, let's begin. Um, so super glad to spend a little time with you. Um, and before we dive into your specific thoughts around community, would you tell us a bit about yourself? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm excited to be a part of the uh, Uncommon community. Um, I'm currently based in San Francisco, California. My current day job right now consists of helping uh, Loom on you know a couple of our strategic initiatives, working closely with some of my portfolio companies on product go to market, uh, and also being thoughtful around you know building that core community early on and how important that is, which we'll dive into in a bit. Um, and when I'm not working, I'm trying to get my uh, pup to be you know more active and outdoorsy again. So. She's really taken advantage of being a couch potato uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, I like to call them couch pup-tatoes. Uh, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> you can take it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you use the term thoughtful as in terms of like building thoughtful community. And I think that's something that we're super passionate about here or we're super passionate at Common Room. Um, as far as building the tools that allow people to build really thoughtful communities. Um, and so, you know, in this space, we've talked to heads of community like Joshua Zirkel at Asana and chiefs of evangelism like Jeff Barr at AWS. And you come from a different perspective, right? Like their roles may tend to make them more directly immersed in thinking about community day to day. But that doesn't mean that at the leadership level, you're also not thinking about how to build thoughtful communities day to day. So I'm wondering to start, who do you consider as the Loom community? And as a co-founder of Loom, how do you think about community from that seat of leadership at the table? Yeah, uh, uh, so to answer your first question, the Loom community, you know, it's definitely evolved over the years as our product has matured. In our first two years, uh, the majority of people using Loom were what I call product pioneers. Uh, they're typically the first ones to learn about new products and tend to be the first ones to try it out and share with others. Uh, as you know, as Loom grew within this group uh, of users, we would then branch out into other people at the company that they would work at. 
So eventually making its way all the way up to the executive level. Um, today, Loom's community is very broad. We have over 10 million users across uh, 100,000 companies that use Loom to effortless, effortlessly send a video message to anyone, anywhere they are in the world. Um, and to answer your second question, I think it's it's pretty simple. Your users are the foundation of your product. The value you know they can provide on your product roadmap, your marketing, word of mouth growth is honestly priceless. Uh, we saw our community as you know another term that I coined was like horsepower for building our product faster. Uh, the closer we were to them, the more we understood their desires and needs, and the faster we were to shipping uh, and building product. Yeah, I, and I think. I mean, what what we're I think converging around, right, is that community community based building is the way to build, is the best way to build, the fastest way to build. It's a win win situation for both users and product builders. Um, but in a lot of ways, it seems like still in the market, right, that people are coming around to that. Like the first chief community officer um, position was announced like a couple of days ago, or maybe a week ago now. Um, and so I'm wondering if at the beginning, you had to bring people along with you in that thinking, right? That like community first product building is the way to build. And what kinds of conversations did you find yourself having around that idea? And when did you start having those conversations? Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest shift that we've seen in the last couple of years is the idea of, you know, going from a user base to a community where a community going back to like that thoughtfulness, that's where, um, you know, there's a lot more empathy and care for your users. And I think once you start to invest in community, both, you know, time and capital, um, you start to see the benefits, you know, everlasting. And it just, it's, it's just like this strong network effect that kind of keeps you uh, and your community, you know, stronger than when competitors come out and build competing products. You know, you could put a company, you could put a product side by side, they could look identical, um, they can work, you know, they can, uh, they'll be just as fast. Uh, but if it doesn't have that strong moat of a community, then that other product is, you know, it, it, it's not as uh, a strong of a, uh, a solution. Um, but to answer your uh, first question, you know, and just giving some context, we actually made it a company wide habit uh, really early on to round robin our support tickets and to respond to every single question compliment you know feedback that we would get uh that we'd find on twitter uh and that made it very obvious to our team our entire team you know how important interacting with our community was um every decision that we made from product marketing even down to pricing was always with the loom community in mind uh and i think you know even just sitting in a product meeting uh where we you know would kind of hash out what the next uh, roadmap looks like, or even looking through quarterly updates or quarterly planning, it always comes down to how is this going to affect our community? What is our community going to think about it? And even if we have to have, say, a uh, you know a difficult conversation or difficult announcement about a product, or you know if the free tier is being um, the the free version of our product, you know is changing, you know how are we going to communicate that, but also you know empathize with our users that are uh, using this product. That is some some deep thoughtfulness, like, <laughs> like like baked into the earth of of it sounds like. So I mean, on behalf of you know being a user, thank you. Um, 
I'm curious a little if you could maybe talk about the original or the first channels that you used in order to interact with your community. Yeah, so Loom, uh, for those that don't know, it's it's a product-led um, you know, uh, company. So anyone can sign up and start recording videos for free, share it with their coworkers, you know, their clients or customers, anyone who they communicate with on a you know a semi-regular or even a daily basis. Um, and because of that, because of the natural notion of anyone can pick up the product and start using it, uh, we we would start to really look into um, like how can we go where our users are. And you know, we're talking about this is in 2016, uh, unfortunately before uh, Common Room, so we weren't able to you know leverage the the product uh, uh, back then. But the things that we did have access to was you know really understanding where our users hung out um, and uh, just like creating a persona of each of our users and, you know, what their entry points were into the product and understanding, uh, you know, their, like their desires. So if they are active on Twitter and are very passionate about different products or, you know, ways of communicating, um, we would try to be very active, you know, as all three founders, including our early team out at Loom and even, to this day, you know, whenever a tweet or a compliment anything, even a bug is reported, it gets immediately, you know, shared on Slack. And then uh, my co-founder, you know, CTO will jump in to the user's uh, tweet and start responding right away. Um, so I think, you know, like building that culture habit extremely early on, and like, you know, I think the word we're probably gonna use the most, you know, aside from community in this conversation is thoughtfulness. You know, having that level of thoughtfulness is, you know, and and also like, you know, genuinely caring, I think is what, you know, will allow you to build that culture long term, even at 135 employees today at Loom, you know, I think everyone kind of embodies that empathy with the user and thoughtfulness with the user. I love it. I am, my inner animal is, is a ferret. And so I'm really curious. And so in in that, in the spirit of that, I, I want to ask if there are any examples or favorite moments you have of something that um, a user, right, or a Loom customer tweeted or or somehow like came through your channels and you're like, whoa, thank you for catching that. Probably one of my favorite stories of all time uh, about a Loom user was when we actually got an email from um, uh, a lady who mentioned that she can finally communicate with her uh, her granddaughter who goes to college in you know in Australia, and she lives in 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 the states. Uh, and before they were never able to you know kind of connect and like have a phone call or jump on a Zoom call because the time difference was so you know was so different. It was almost the opposite. Um, so she wrote us a very thoughtful email, being like, "Thank you for building this product." I know this is probably not what your product is used for, but I've been recording and sharing videos and, you know, learning about um, my granddaughter's life out in Australia. And she's been, you know, sharing more information with me than before. So it was almost like this pen, it was like a pen pal with a granddaughter, but like the video element made it really strong. Um, and then you obviously have the other moments where it's like, we were like, you know, I'm subscribed to Tim Ferriss's email newsletter and then he recommended Loom and he's not even an investor. He just genuinely like, you know, enjoyed the product and loved the product. And I think immediately we reached out to him and thanked him. Uh, and there were like, you know, a lot of moments like that, but nothing that touched my heart as much as um, 
as the previous story. There's nothing like grandmas to touch your heart. I mean, they're, yeah. just, they're like magical beings. Um, yeah, there's something also really special too about users uncovering use cases that as a builder of the product, you didn't think about really. Like we have our personas, right? And you know the main, perhaps the main challenges that you're solving for, the day-to-day -day challenges or, or the core concepts, but there will be edge cases where you're like, that edge case is the sweetest edge case I never considered. Hopefully after this interview, granddaughters and grandsons everywhere are gonna be like, you know what I could do? <laughs> um, use Loom. Yeah, use Loom. We should end the interview right there. For all the <laughs> grandsons everywhere, use Loom, period. <laughs> so you talked a little bit about teams, right? The diversity of teams that are affected by community and, um, you know, it's the product teams, it's the customer success teams, it's the marketing teams, it's the community teams themselves. And we know that across spaces, right, there's different names for the people in the roles that are interacting with community members every day, like in the developer space, it's probably a developer advocate or a developer relations specialist. Yeah. And then of course there's community managers um, or community support people. Um, sometimes it's actually just the leaders of the product, depending on the size of the organization or the structure of the team. Um, and so I'm wondering if you can tell us a bit about Loom's approach to community interaction, what like kind of the role type is or structure, who spearheads it or, or how you, how you built out the, how you build out the community function at Loom. Yeah, well, I would say community interaction at Loom is definitely a company-wide effort and still is to this day. Uh, like I mentioned, you know, from support tickets to our engineers hopping on Zoom calls with our users to, you know, debug an issue, um, to our user researcher, you know, interviewing people uh, from our community and sharing insights back uh, back with the product and marketing team. I think there's a lot of cross-functional uh, interactions. Um, I wish I could take like, you know, from the moment, you know, like we got feedback or, you know, we we found out about a bug through a community member who's a big advocate about Loom um, and just like what that web looks like of how it makes its way across the team and then into like the product and then into production. Um, you know, it, it touches like that feedback point touches a lot of people throughout the uh, organization. So I think like that element of it is, you know, we've kind of, again, like embodied within the company is community interaction isn't just on the marketing team. It's everyone inside the company, regardless of your role title or what you do at Loom, you know, you're always connected to the user. Yeah, it sounds like um, a lot of times people will say in the space, right? Like when I hire for someone who is, is interviewing, let's say for a community uh, facing or community focused role, they're like, I look for empathy and I look for ability to build digital rapport, um, to kind of just jump right in and feel at ease and, and help the other person feel at ease. But it sounds like you look for that across your teams, right? Not just for a specific role that's community facing. Yeah, I think uh, the the element of community, uh, you know, while, you know, it's, it's certainly, you know, a full-time job um, and it's a full-time effort from, you know, from, uh, from the marketing team, I think it's also a, you know, it's, it's, it's a, 
like a non-written bullet point that is kind of like the expectations of every single role of every single you know uh, um, job rec that we write is like you know being as close to the user as possible being as close to the community engaging with them and i mean our users are you know because we have 10 million people around the world who have interacted with loom are using loom i think it's important you know to understand that you know these people are everywhere You've been in like networking, you've been in investing, you've been an entrepreneur, you've done this since you were like quite a young age. Like it, it, it appears, uh, whether or not that's true, that it comes super naturally to you, right? To connect with others, to help them. If they don't quite understand your idea yet, like once you talk to them, they will understand your idea. Not only that, they'll be super enthusiastic about it. Like you can, you can open doors for people and helping them grasp the value in something. Um, and for people who that doesn't necessarily come natural to, but who also, you know, want to build community, want to connect with people, want to connect with people digitally. Um, I'm wondering if you have any advice. Yeah, I, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, I think the, the biggest thing that I've learned, you know, in the last 10 years, uh, you know, understanding that this was like a career path that I wanted to go down, regardless, you know, of the jobs that I've had or the people that I've met. Um, is the one that I would say there's a couple of key things that I've learned. One being, you know, pe uh, people underestimate how much others are willing to help them if they just ask. Uh, and once you understand that, and once that's like embodied in you, then you just have to unapologetically, you know, just ask people. You can cold email people, people are willing to help. Um, and I think the fear uh, and most is like I, is rejection, right? And and it's a very normal uh, it's a normal human habit. But I think they overestimate, you know, the the level of rejection when it comes to like I don't want to put my feet out there, you know, too far and uh, feel like I'm rejected. Uh, but again, like it's 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 the quintessential famous quote. Um, where like you know you miss a hundred percent of the shots that you don't take. Uh, it's the cheesiest quote out there. It's an every poster of every classroom but i think it's you know it's it's entirely true and i think once people um who are you know self-motivated you know find their passion and find what they're really excited about um they will naturally just want to you know help you um and i think that that's something you know that you should like write in a notebook and just always like memorize or like put it on sticky note and you know put it on your computer um, and as you go about your day and kind of question whether or not you should reach out to someone or tweet at someone or, you know, message someone in their DMs and ask them if they would, you know, be willing to like spend some time with you. Um, I think, you know, I think that's a, such an important thing to remember. Yeah, I think this advice too sort of touches on the last theme that I hope to cover with you a little bit, which is about, about mentorship. Um, and so in the past, you've talked about mentors you've had along the way. So I'm wondering if you can speak to some of the themes and lessons that have stuck with you. Yeah, I I would say uh, my first couple of mentors, um, as you know, I was like starting off in my career. Uh, they were, I you know, I so the way I take feedback and the way that you know I do my best work is if people just give me straight cutthroat feedback um, because that's how I learn the best and that's kind of how I grew up. Uh, and as I was growing up, I realized that, you know, there are a lot of people who just wanted to see me do well in life and were willing to go, you know, you know, the full mile to help me get there. Um, 
And once you understand that, that people, you know, even when push comes to shove and, you know, they're giving you really hard feedback, uh, you have to understand that their best interest and the reason why they're giving that to you is because they want to, you know, help you succeed. Um, and, you know, from that angle, I've always, you know, appreciated it. I've had, you know, a lot of mentors just naturally come into my life uh, that I've been very thankful for. Um, and, you know, even when I did seek out mentors, it was always, you know, I, I was always like upfront and like always wanted to make the relationship feel very balanced. Um, and, and yeah, like on the, on the opposing end, you know, being um, like being a mentor myself to others, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think it's just a form of giving back and it kind of resonates with the, the uh, question, you know, you asked earlier about, um, you know, like, like this, sure, this stuff does come natural to me, but I think, you know, I never, I think, you know, when I, when I started early on in my career, I was 16 years old uh, in high school. And I think my, the naivety of me just reaching out to people and, you know, hoping that they would respond um, kind of like, you know, progressed into my career as I matured. Had I not done that early on, I don't think I would have the courage to reach out to people, you know, or cold email people. And I would say like, so I started Loom with my two best friends and we have this saying even internally to this day at Loom, um, it's called API, assume positive intentions. You know, whenever I'm talking to you, whenever, you know, if we have a one-on-one -on -one and I've noticed that, you know, uh, something seems off, you know, like just, even if it's just like a mood uh, or like if I'm having a bad week, uh, my co-founders would tell me, my co-founders would tell me, hey, look, like I've noticed, it seems like something's off. Like, do you want to talk about it? Or it seems like, you know, product, like you've been uh, missing some deadlines, like, like, let's just talk about it. And I think just always knowing and having that in the back of your head where it's like, they're coming from a good place. They mean well, they just want to, you know, see me do well, um, really changes the dynamic and the framing of the conversation. Yeah, we have one of these values at Common Room, which is we're all on this together. And I think that it, it's, it gets to the same the same heart of the matter, right? Which is like, I foundationally trust you and you foundationally trust me. So let's like start from there and then have the conversations on top of that versus like second guessing the foundation of the relationship at first. And um, that's amazing. It's also, I know engineers everywhere are like, API, I like what you did there. <laughs> Yeah, it's another version of the API that they're used to. So lastly, something that we do at Uncommon is we have the Uncommon Support Fund. Um, because to us, it is important to embody what we believe, which is a community is strongest when we're uplifting one another. And so we ask each of our community experts to choose a STEM or a tech nonprofit or a nonprofit whose cause and mission they, they would want to highlight and want to support. And then Uncommon will donate in your behalf, in your honor. Um, and so I'd love if you could tell us a bit about the organization that you you choose to dedicate your uncommon support to. Yeah, that's a, uh, I mean, first of all, thank you for doing that. Um, I think that's uh, really generous of the company uh, to do that. It's a great, you know, cultural uh, mission. Um, and in fact, something that, you know, I will think about along with, you know, Loom and other portfolio companies. I think it's, it's, a, it's a really uh, nice and thoughtful thing. Um, I would say one of the, you know, nonprofits that I've supported for a long time, um, has been the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty, uh, to Animals. Um, in fact, the SFPCA is where I fostered and then adopted Luna, who's my dog. 
she's you know she you could she's kind of like sprinkled in throughout uh, the Loom product. So uh, a couple months ago, if you were trimming a video, you would have seen Luna with a hard hat on, saying that Luna is trimming her video. Um, and yeah, she's you know she's really uh, she's she's sprinkled. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout our marketing pages and and what have you, um, but animals are you know near and dear to my heart. I love animals. I love taking care of them. Uh, and I think the great thing about the ASPCA is even for twenty bucks you can help get a pet get adopted, uh, or for fifty dollars you can help you know transport, feed, and give the medication that they need to get inside of a healthy home. So the ASPCA has been a fund that I've been a big advocate for for a long time. Happy to support Loom in support of Luna and in support of animals everywhere. So, Shahid, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I just, we really appreciate your support and your community leadership and your deep thoughtfulness across not only yourself, but all of the teams that you're building um, and across Loom and for grandmas everywhere. So thank yep. you. For, for grandmas everywhere. Thank you. Thank you.